again, I think we have to know how we're going to end. And obviously you sat down, had those conversations with yourself and your mentors, right? And you came up with that strategy. So that's an absolutely brilliant example for our listeners to, to think about. Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity with everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders. With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insight into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by Higher Ground. Higher Ground is a technology company whose mission is to bridge the wealth gap through access to procurement opportunities. Higher Ground is making the enterprise ecosystem more viable, profitable, and competitive by clearing the path for minority-led, women-led, LGBT-led, and veteran-led small businesses to contribute to the global economy as suppliers to enterprise organizations. For more information on getting started, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E-G-R-O-U-N-D.io. Now on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. I'm Adam Moore here with Chloe Goodry-Reed, and today's episode, we're going to go over the basics of incorporation and offering you an introduction on what to expect when considering incorporating your company. Becoming incorporated is a big step for any business that involves separating the individual from the company as its own entity. So what are the foundations of incorporation? How can this seemingly scary step become a manageable reality. So why don't we jump into this topic today, Chloe? This is a good one. Yes, yes, yes. So let's see. I think let's start with what happens. And it's let's just explain this to our listeners. What does that mean you incorporate your company? Yeah, I think that's a great idea because a lot of times people don't understand that if you're not incorporated in some point, right? The company is you. So your social security number is Mm -hmm. tied to the company, right? Whether you're a single person, a two-person company, a hundred, a thousand-person company, if you don't incorporate, your personal social security number is tied to the firm. Yeah. Exactly. So that impacts your personal credit. That also impacts your personal liability. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So everything, yeah, it's it basically the business, you become the business and everything that you do on your personal side, taking out a loan for a car, maybe putting a child Mm -hmm. through school, that all now shows up on the business side of it. So if you go try to get a line of credit for your business, well, they're like, well, you just took out all these loans, but you're like, that's on the personal side. No. You're not incorporated. Right. And 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 just even taking that a step further, you wouldn't right. even be able to get a business loan if you weren't. No. Yeah, that's true. So you would have to as a step. So I think um, thinking through how you then want to incorporate is the first step. So how do you incorporate where? And it, with each state, there's different ways. And so it's hard to usually say just for certain across the board, but I know here in Georgia, you can go to the Secretary of State website and yes. takes you through starting a business and how to incorporate and how you want to think about it, but walks you very, very carefully through the process. Yep. And the other thing too, is that also helps you with payroll taxes too, right? Because you get your Absolutely. FIN, your federal identification number, and that is essentially your business's social security number, right? Right. And so that's the way that the separation happens. And then you can set up separate 
bank accounts underneath that name. That's when you can start doing all that stuff. And like you said, you can actually now start applying for lines of credit and that type of thing. Right, right. And so when I think about the different types, you know, we think about partnerships. Mm-hmm. You have a partner, then yep. I think the biggest thing with that is there's shared liability, shared risk. There's usually, you think of it as 50-50, but it can be different. There may right. be, you know, 60-40, it may yep. be 70, whatever it may be, but you are doing this together all the time. Documents have both your names and you have shared responsibility for right. the, the business, whether you continue to grow or you dissolve it. Both of your names are then tied to it. Correct. Right. And then that also brings in the all important when you have that corporation, then you actually have corporate stock. Yes. Right? And that's yes. really what starts to show the ownership of it. And we all know that in the diverse supplier space, that's very important to show majority ownership by one or more minority owners. Yes. So it's uh, that that stock is very, very important. But that's also how you can raise funds, too, which a lot of people don't realize. Right. Is, right. Yeah. If you want to do an a a a capital raising campaign, you can actually sell shares of your company privately. There's a privately issued stocks. They wouldn't be exchanged on the NYS. But yes. um, you know, you you can set a value, right? For yes, ten thousand dollars, I'll give you two percent of the company, and you give them. You know, if you have a thousand shares, you hand them two hundred shares of the company. So it's. I think I did the math wrong, but anyway, it is a way to show ownership. It is a way to generate money, and it gives you. Incorporating the business, whether, you know, whatever direction you take it, it gives you these different levers to pull for things like fundraising and for ownership and for diverting uh, fiscal responsibility away from your personal assets. And that's all very, very important, especially in today's day and age. I mean, we're looking at, you know, I was listening to talk radio last night and, the, you know, it's this, are we, are we not in a recession? That seems to be everybody's topic right now yeah. as, as we're recording this podcast. And it's an important thing to do, right? Because we need to protect our personal assets in case of a recession. We need to make ourselves recession proof. And we also have to make our businesses recession proof too. And that the, the incorporation helps separate those two, those two bodies, if you will. Absolutely. Absolutely. It definitely does. So when I think about the other type of ways that you can incorporate, when you think about just sole proprietorship, you can still do this even outside of a partnership. And, yes. you know, shareholders can be only one person who right. becomes the main one. And, you know, but you have to then I think have the right controls in place should something happen to you? Because then, you know, how do you transfer the business? How do you transfer ownership and all of those things? I think that that's important no matter how you decide to incorporate, you know, it, but and, and I that's think a, it even more important when it's just a sole proprietorship. Exactly. And I think you 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 know you you hit on a very important topic. And we've often talked about survivability of a business on the right, show. Right. By incorporating it, you give your business survivability because you basically write a will, if you will, yes. for your business that something should happen to the owners. A great case in point of this is unfortunately for my wife, she lost both of her parents very close to each other and they owned an animal hospital. Well, it was a PC. He was a doctor. So, you know, there's all sorts of different ways we do this. Also depends on what type of business it is, what license you can get. Right. But since it was a veterinary clinic, he was a PC, but it was its own entity. So when they passed, my wife as the executrix instantly was able to come in and was deemed the president of this new company. Right. Mm. And she had full ownership of it, but because it was incorporated, it was actually held outside the rest of their state. Right. So yeah. she could close both in parallel instead of having combined the two. And as it mm. actually allowed her to do some different things. The other thing that helps in that too is in survivability is there's different tax benefits to Tabs. your heirs that inherit the business. There's 
there's things called step ups and that. So there's actually tax shelters that are created inside these different uh, structures that you might not be aware of. And again, when you're doing estate planning, survivability of the business, um, that's something to consider, right? Because that can actually help the people that are inheriting it. Yes, yes, definitely. You don't want it to be more of a cumbersome process. And the more you can think through what you want to happen to your business in the event that you are known incapacitated or no longer around right ahead of time. I think it just helps prepare your loved ones, whether they be inside your business or you're just your family. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and then the other thing it helps you do too, is even though you've separated your professional and your personal finances by being incorporated like that, you still get, you still have your K one that you file on your personal taxes for profit or loss with the business. So that means a loss on the business side still helps kind of insulate you tax-wise on your personal income taxes. Instead of Absolutely. it just kind of being rolled into one lump sum, you get that K-1 and that 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 helps. It can also hurt a little bit, but you know, you hopefully you have a good corporate tax person. And that's the other thing too, I think we need to talk about. It's like, what type of professional should we bring in? If we're going to go and do this, and we talk about this all the time too, what type of professional should we have helping us put all this together. Like you said, we can go here in the state of Georgia, go to, to georgiagov.com. We can set yeah. up our own corporation, a few clicks of the mouse and boom, you're incorporated. Um, you have an LLC and you're ready to roll. But what are some of the other things, Chloe, just from your journey as an entrepreneur yeah. that you would kind of recommend folks to think about bringing on board to help them? Well, I would say, I think that it's important to have a conversation with an attorney and an accountant before. Mm-hmm. You can just go to the Secretary of State if yep. you're well-versed in the different types of ways to incorporate, because they can all be very unique to what your goals are for this business. You know, right. maybe you're a solopreneur right now, but maybe you're trying to bring in partners. Maybe you eventually go public. Having a conversation with an attorney so that you can share what your aspirations are for the business, and then they can advise you on how to structure it today for tax purposes and you know ways that you want to think about in the future if you need to reincorporate under a different structure. Right. So be the most informed before you then go to any state website to then register because at that point, a little you lose money if you don't right. have things ahead of time and then find out, you know, after you've incorporated one structure that, oh, maybe I needed to do it this way. Right. So I, those are the first things. And then also thinking about just the tax pieces and how you want to handle that and how many people are going to be working at the organization. Also, mm-hmm. having those preliminary conversations, I think, are really, really helpful. And then after you incorporate, um, your articles of incorporation are just one step in the process. You need to still... <laughs> Right. Um, shareholder agreements and all these other different documents that attorneys can help you with drafting and yep. having those conversations, obviously, early and often, I think will just set you up for success in the beginning in the long term. Yeah, I completely agree. And and that also then in those article of incorporation helps you define what is the CEO's role? What is the CFO's role? What is your, you know, if you have a CIO, what are they doing? That type of thing. And I think that kind of helps you set up your structure, make it a little bit more formal. Um, And again, we understand, you know, we're all not, we're not running multi-billion dollar companies, right? So it's kind of like, is this, this sounds like a lot for a little, to be honest with you, right? But at the end of the day, you know, um, structure is never a bad thing. It isn't. It isn't a bad thing. No. No, because, you know, when everything's going great and we're making money and it's just rainbows and unicorns and, you know, it's who cares, right? It's everybody's just having a, why do we have all of the structures when things turn bad, honestly? 
right? We Things have bad, or when you yes. want to sell or exit the business. Sell. Thank you. What a great yeah. yes, yes, yes. You have to be that way to sell it, right? Because you can't yes. sell yourself. Yeah, you can't sell yourself. And if no. you didn't have time to really think about how your business should be structured, you think right. about anyone that's a potential seller of your company, it's like, ugh, their infrastructure is not in place. So this is going to be something that we have to now take on as part of this. And, you know, sometimes it's just more work than it's worth. Yeah. You know, I, uh, and and that's a great thing to talk about too, because I actually know of another small business. They were looking to retire, went to go sell it. Well, they started this business, oh my, like 40 years ago, right? So everything was done, pen and paper, index cards, you know, written records, nothing was digitized. Nothing was digitized for 40 years, okay? A business came and said, we want to buy your client list. I mean, it was a fantastic price. They said, okay, great. This sounds good. And they said, okay, how can you upload your files? They're like, we can mail them to you. Killed the deal right there. I mean, literally killed a multi-million dollar deal. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and, work. yeah. No. And see, that's the other great thing. When you do these type of incorporation things, you also, you know, things with, and you go for loans. People are going to say, well, do you have a board? Do you have advisors yes. who's looking yes. at this? Right. And unless you're just so dogmatic, you're not going to change no matter what anybody says to you. That's a, you know, having a board is a good thing because they say, uh, we might want to move into the next era, you know, yeah. we, you know, that type of thing. It's, and, and it's always, it, it, I guess, you know, Chloe, it comes back to what we say on the show all the time is understand how you want to end. Yeah. Right. Because if the ultimate thing is hey, I'm going to pass this off to my children and my grandchildren. Okay. Well, how do you make that transition easier? If right. it is, nope. It's a lifestyle business. And when I retire, cashing out, baby, going to sell this thing. Well, how do you make it lucrative to somebody want to buy it? Right. You know, these are things I find our our business owners sometimes just don't think about, you know, in their day to day. And I really think that when you sit down, you do something structured like this, it forces you to think about it. It definitely does. It's the best thing to do is to sit down and think about it. Because even when we think about just overall strategy, so if we take away just the incorporation, knowing where you want to be in, Mm -hmm. you know, 12, 24, 36, 10 years from now, what you do today, because you're laying the path to get there. But if you don't have a vision for where you want to be, whether that be, you know, being a $50 million company, a hundred million dollar company, right. Public, you know, being acquired, it's a different path, you know, even you in the same business, but it's a different path. So Thinking about what you want the business to be is is critical. And first steps is definitely, like we said, having a conversation with the right people. Exactly. But as somebody sitting down to do this, we always talk about doing things in pros and cons, right? We do. Why should we do it? Why shouldn't we do it? That type of thing. So really, let's let's tap into your experience because I think your journey, I love your journey. You know, as long as I've known you, I've always loved your journey. Oh. What are some of the pros and cons, right, that you've kind of experienced when you've gone through this and you guys set up your incorporation and you've, you kicked it off and, you know, kind of at the end, would you recommend it? Right. I mean, you're, yeah. What do you think? So, I mean, our journey was a little different, but so since we are a technology company, our first team months, we spent doing customer discovery, building our product. And so at that point I determined, well, let me just set it up as an LLC because I needed to be able to write off these losses, everything mm-hmm. that we weren't bringing in any money. Mm-hmm. Then as soon as we started to, I started to bring on additional team members and as part of tech companies, obviously you want to give your early employees options and shares into the company and do that in an LLC. And simultaneously, while we were bringing on people, 
we were also starting to think about what does fundraising look like. Right. And a lot of investors will not invest in LLCs because it's not a separate entity. It's owned by that individual. And so it's just right. a little harder to then, if there needs to be any changes from a governance perspective for them to do that under the LLC. Mm-hmm. So then we had to reincorporate and set up a C-Corp. Mm-hmm. So that us to set up the options for a certain number of employees, um, essentially our first 500 employees to have options and mm-hmm. in our growth. So it wasn't too much of a cumbersome process, but I think if I would have taken the advice of had I listened to those podcasts, I would have structured it any differently because I think those first 18 months we need, I needed it to be that way so that I right. could write because we weren't bringing in revenue. And that was intentional. Right. We were talking to customers and building our product in a way that was informed by those conversations that we were having. It was deep research and it was all R&D that year. Right. Like you said, especially in, a, in an industry like tech where you're going to be loss heavy in that yes. first 18, possibly 36 months, at least having the LLC, like you said, because you get the K-1 protects your personal finances. Absolutely. Absolutely brilliant move on your part, right? Then getting the C-Corp, you have the stocks, you have incentive to bring on, you know, mm-hmm. people into an untested firm, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brilliant plan. Now, let me ask you this question. Knowing what you know now, right? And if you mm-hmm. could go back and, and talk to Chloe 10 years ago, would you have gone right to the C-Corp? Would you have still done it the same way you did it? No, because the, I mean, there's a huge tax. You know, you have to file taxes very, very, very differently. Oh, yes. S-Corp. And so yep. there's no need to burden yourself with that until mm-hmm. you the point where you feel like you're making substantial revenue, number one, you're right. bringing people and using shares as a form of the total option, mm-hmm. or you're yep. bringing outside funds. Like there's really only a few reasons why you would need to change that. And a couple of those reasons, you know, we were faced with, we came at a crossroads. So that's why we did it. But I think if you're looking at other traditional businesses, like professional services firms, you know, I think that you're okay to keep it at an LLC yeah. until you're really forced to change it. Because again, the tax structure, the tax liability is just, right. it's something a little different. Right. And also it depends on what you're going to do with it at the end. Absolutely. Right? It, it, whether you want to go incorporated or LLC, right? If at the end of the day, you're like, I'm just selling it period, end of story. And you want to keep it in LLC and you want to just ride off into the sunset. Perfect. If you've got something you're like, nope, this could be something. And I want it to mature beyond me. Like what you did incorporating is the way to go. So again, I think we have to know how we're going to end. And obviously you sat down, had those conversations with yourself and your mentors, right. And you came up with that strategy. So that's an absolutely, I think, brilliant example for our listeners to to think about. Thank you. Thank you. Try to whatever I can. Um, <laughs> I think that's the thing that we all have to, if there's something that I can say is talk to different people, even yes. your advisors, other business owners, mm-hmm. but don't use that as gospel. Use it to inform what, yep. you know, you need to do for your particular business, knowing your, mm-hmm. knowing what you want this to be, because everybody's journey and path looks differently. Yep. Exactly. 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 Well said. Very well said. Well, you know, I think this has been 
very informative. These are the types of conversations I, I look forward to having this year yeah. with you. And I think we're going to get really kind of in the nitty gritty of these type of, of things with businesses today. And I hope everybody that, you know, this is going to be one I, t- I hope you all listen to again and again, as you're starting up your business, thinking about it, trying to plan for it, that type of thing. Right. And this is just a precursor because by no means are Adam, no. but we are going to have next week, Ernie come on and really dive a little deeper into how you should be thinking about incorporation. Yes. So we wanted to just give our listeners a precursor to just kind of think about it. Exactly. If you have any questions, please feel free to send us our way and we'll make sure right. to questions into the conversation. Exactly. Or if you're ever like, do I really need to have a lawyer? Come listen to our guest talk next week. I think she's going to change your mind and be like, probably need to reach out and get a lawyer, at least on retainer, like right away. So looking exactly. forward to it. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for listening and be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn at Chloe Gidry Reed and Adam Moore. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcast and check out our previous shows. Stay tuned for next time. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. We are grateful for the time you spend with us in participating in these conversations. Please review and rate and share our show as we are focused on growing awareness in the supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity space. If you'd like more information, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E ground dot I-O. Thank you for being here and we look forward to seeing you next week.